and welcome to the Open Africa podcast with me, Laulu. And I'm here with Furo and Nosa, and shortly they'll be introducing themselves. But uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, my name is Laulu. Like I said, I'm a business analyst with a commercial bank in Lagos. My name is Nosa. I am a found. I do many things, to be fair. But <laughs> right now, I'm trying to build a ticketing platform called Tix. That's one of the things I do. My name is Furo. I also double hat, but I think the main thing that's on my mind right now is building my little um, fintech baby. Okay, we're going to be talking about financial services, technology, startups, and everything that cuts across within the, the African continent. And that's going to be the focus of the podcast. So, if you if you're someone who likes all of these things then you should definitely stick around because we'll talk about the hot burning issues in the ecosystem and all that good stuff so yeah, hopefully stick around uh well for this first episode i guess we'll just dive right into the business of the day and we'll start with opay <laughs> opay i mean dominating the market Nosa. thoughts about them he sounds like you know those like Nigerian sports radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Ope Ope is a very fascinating business. Well, not fascinating. It's, it's not like it's novel or anything. Mm. They just have plenty of money and they just want to own our low to middle class market. Yeah. Which is the the deepest. Yeah, which is the deepest market. that has the most most people. So that's fair. Yeah. But it's it's interesting that they're not driving their their business as like separate entities. For it's example. one. Yeah, it's one. Yeah. So they're they're sort of creating. I don't know if I should call it a lifestyle application that basically enables your life. So your payments, your transport, your mm-hmm. food. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like a super app. The same way WeChat is a super app in China. It's basically one app where you can do everything. Everything. I think I it's this. I don't want to upset anyone and say Habari. I'd rather speak of that. Yeah. I just want to know how that's going. Yeah. Like, I never downloaded Habari recently. Like, what's I, I remember I was once in a room and there were people like just making noise about, you know, you need to make like organizations need to be in your face, like, you know, like the Orange Bank and, you know, you need to be out there. And then I was like, okay, so you want organizations to be out there. Okay. The latest product that this Orange Bank released is Habari. How many of you have downloaded it? And everybody went silent. And I'm like, it's not about noise like that. To me, if I wanted to make Habari click, like if I was the one, I mean, first, I probably wouldn't do it because <laughs> if I had to, and that was my job, I would have tried to get like exclusives. Like say, like this Burner Boy album, now make it like Habari only. Mm. Like maybe like the first month on Habari. All Skinny Girl on Transit, you can only watch it on Habari. Because yeah. the thing is that it's, a, it's largely a content thing. And if people can get that content from anywhere, it's like then why do I come why? Yeah, you're competing with Spotify and Apple Music, so yeah. And these are some lesser degree. And, and interestingly, beyond that, they also try to push the the financial service aspect of it as well, where you can sort of pay bills and do transfers. But you can do like, that. You can do that anywhere. Like, can do why that should through... I leave what I'm doing yeah. currently to come to you? It's like, yeah. which is why I feel like Opay is a is a better version of what Habari could have been if, yeah. before even, we, I mean, we got this. I mean, even with like Jumia, was it Jumia 1? Yeah. When they tried to do, but then it's like a separate app. So then you have Jumia Food, 
on one side, they have Gmail one, but then even like it's not. Like very I think like eventually they're going to like collapse everything into one, one once they right? get moved past this their latest thing. But I think that's the plan mm. to make it into one big thing. I, that's just what I'm, my theory. Because it, if if you're going to do a super app, that's to be a compelling thing that brings people on in the first yeah. place. Like, Opay has like Oride, which is significantly cheaper than everybody. For now. For now, obviously. <laughs> but like that's the one thing that's drawing them in. And once you're there, you now see the other things, and it's like, eh, I might as well not go out. I'll just do everything for my Opay app. Yeah. Because you can literally bet. On yeah. Opay. They have betting as an option. <laughs> so while you're while you're in your Canada. You can, you can place a couple bets. <laughs> can shoot your shot a couple times. And, and to, speaking of alright, it's interesting to like how their emergence in the market sort of coincided with Gokada just having a meltdown. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. To be fair, I feel like even that Gokada thing, it didn't it's, I think it was just a PR shambles. I guess yeah. I guess they thought it was cool. I mean it looked cool but in sense you have to understand that with the people in this country that have sense. Like nobody actually like read, nobody read the the guy's yeah, blog post. Just, everybody just, just ran with the headline. Just ran with the headline. Narometric wrote, "Kokada has shut down." Yeah, and, and people like, were commenting, and everyone was just because it was all over uh, my WhatsApp um, statuses. People just posting, "Yeah, shutting down." And too many people was like, "Oh, Kokada shut." I was like, "No, Kokada is not shut down. They just have like some operational things that they were trying to resolve in two weeks." Why are you saying the shutdown? I was like, "Oh, okay, the." The people head don't guy, go below head the head guy thought it was cool. I guess, this is why, I guess this is why corporate organizations pay a lot of money for people to manage, Pro- manage their perception and, and, and their yeah. brand and marketing and all of that. Because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big deal what you're saying to your, to your customers. You yeah, know? but you know, like I think that's the thing with like startups. Everyone, every founder and their head feels like I'm so cool. I got this. I'm in touch with the community because I'm one of them. Oh, I entered the car last Yeah, year. I'm like I'm with right. them. <laughs> oh God, I wrote out, I wrote in the car and I was having a bad time. I decided to shut that business for two weeks so I could fix it. It's like, why? I know needs to know that shit. Like, don't like <laughs> you don't need, need to increase the volume and sure, tell yeah. everybody we're having problems. We're having problems. Can you have that crisis internally? <laughs> Look, there's there's nothing you can fix fundamentally in two weeks on the, in a business because it's not as if you have, you can't retrain your entire pool of drivers to be better in, to two, be weeks. Better in two weeks. Like it's yeah. still Nigerians they're hiring and yeah. they still do Nigerian things. It just stays it. So I mean, like I know Uber when they recruit people, they do like batch because training. Like batch training exactly. Yes, like and that. so instead just internally quietly say okay this batch of drivers this week is your training do you, you get what i mean yeah. i mean you didn't have to, to stop i mean maybe the perception, the perception maybe they've been doing this for a while and they just took this two-week thing to like shock us and be like oh we're trying to change and be better but can like on the surface it doesn't it doesn't look like you can do I mean, the like timing that. of it you oh don't do God. that when you have comp- competition that just yeah, came yeah, into the market is and it's trying to crush you <laughs> Just shut up shop. Yeah. Give them room to just go wild. Yeah. For two weeks. You basically handed over the market to them. For like, two whole weeks. Like, but, I, what I find impressive is, is that in the middle of this, we're going to Kada and all that. So, Max, I think Max, Max may never be like the biggest player in the market, but I feel like they have their segment. They are built for sustainability. Like, mm. also, like in the sense that Gokara can come and go, Orai can come and go, 
for Max will always be there because Max is the oldest one of all of them. They've been here for from time. They've tried different things. They've even tried the food delivery thing. I don't even know if that's still on. But it like, doesn't, it doesn't work. I've tried. So like, you know, like so, like I said, I have many things. So with my baking, I try to use Max for like deliveries. It didn't. Bang. Yeah, like I feel like they've tried plenty of things and they've more or less figured because they weren't even originally like an Okada company. They were a delivery company mm-hmm. when it started. Yeah, they were like a logistics thing. Then they went, they became like an Okada company. So I think they've tried different things out and they are more mature compared to the other guys. So as far as having a long-term plan, they might they might have a long-term plan. Like, I mean, they might, I don't know if they'll win, but like, they're built for like, they've built out their technology. If like, if you wanted to start like a logistics business now, like from scratch, you can leverage your Max's, Max's architecture and all of that kind of stuff and build it out. So in that sense, I feel they are more mature in the sense that it's like, look, we have tried plenty of things, we failed plenty of times, and we know how these people are, so we are not even going to fight with you guys here. Yeah, we're just building our business. We're just doing our, our business, business. and our business. Fair. Fair but there's also Oya now. Oh, Oya now. I know Oya now. Yeah. I, one of my other things I do, I met with the founders, with the founders yeah. and he was like, because I asked him, I was like, oh, do you build your stuff? He was like, ah, nah, why, why would I build my stuff? There's no need to do it. I just buy it. I was like, okay, fair. So it's like the guy has, he has money. Mm. They have lots of money, or, or they had lots of funding relatively, mm-hmm. and they're just going to buy like because they were in Abuja mainly. Yeah. They're like just going to come to Lagos, buy a bunch of bikes, and make a splash. And I was like, yeah, I guess. But once, once somebody with more money comes in, then, like all right has not come, yeah, Abuja has not come in. You're not gonna struggle. You're not good. You're not good to be if they decide. Because the thing, if money is your, if your, if money is your thing that you're using to win over the market, better have most money. Yeah, but the thing is, I think with Oya now, the reason why I brought them up is because they're like the only ones that are playing outside of Lagos, aren't they? Yeah, because oh, to be fair, they started, they started outside in Abuja, of and I know like, I, they Kaduna, I yeah, exactly. Kaduna, then Abuja, and I think they they recently, I think I'm not sure, I think I read they were trying to go into Port Harcourt as well. They might have plans. Ope is in one of these yoga states, Ekiti or really? one of them. Oh. They are in Abba. They have. I think it's they have Keke. Are you serious? In Abba. Yeah, <laughs> they have Keke in Abba. They are going to give. Okay, they are going to do. Out. They are going to roll out Lagos soon. Yeah, yeah. Keke is in Lagos. I saw that. Yeah, boss is coming to Lagos soon. If it is, if it is money, if it is money, nobody is competing in Ope. And as far as they are concerned, they are just going to turn on the tap until it fixes, until the fire burns or whatever. They are just going to keep turning on that tap of money yeah, yeah. Throw and keep, money at that keep throwing it at everything. If it's to crash prices, if they, cause they can, that's the thing. Is, your idea is not unique. It's the execution of it. And if your execution is around, I have the most money, mm-hmm. somebody is going to outspend you. And when that person has your time, like look at Jumi Akonga. But so, so the thing for me is, if we come down to reality, what is the true size of this market that they're all competing for? So it is a, it is a big, it's a big market. Like that bottom tier is, mm-hmm. is, is the majority of Nigeria. Yes. But, but the thing is the that, yeah, the thing about that, barrier, yeah, that bottom tier is, why it's very price sensitive. It's very price sensitive, yeah. but you have to grow that thing. Yeah. But on price sensitivity, I think what's it called? Because Opie has money to burn, they can subsidize, they can subsidize it until 
they switch they switch it up on them one day and those guys have no choice but to go with the tide because that's all they've gotten used to like imagine if you've been killing okada on the street before then you suddenly get used to using this app on or, or all the okadas have migrated because have, have, have it's keeping them busy and if they, they now raise it to 500 naira per trip suddenly I mean, exactly. When that when that crystallizes, maybe we'll find out that people can actually trek. They can opt out of and this. And they'll whole be alright. Because the bottom tier is so is so price sensitive. Yeah. Because, and, and comparisons are always being run. Like, why would I want to pay, for example, now say eight hundred naira to go from from Yaba to to Adiola Odeku, for example? When if I if I stop a regular bike man who is willing to take that risk probably, yeah i'll probably pay around that yeah i did a little price comparison last night and it was like so obalende i'll use obalende as location to um circle mall it was like 400 naira on op on o ride but then on max and max and gokada it was about 800 to a thousand that was their own estimate Meanwhile, all, all right, the estimate is like 200 to 400. And I was just like, what the what? what, what? <laughs> I mean, this is, what? But when you have the money to burn, you can afford to take loss after loss every Ooh, year. And that's one of the things with like, with that with that segment is that it is very expensive to capture that segment. Like FMCG spend a lot of money yeah. on marketing. And you do and activations. And activations. You, literally, you can't say you're going to put billboards and chill. There was yeah. an interesting um, research actually by by um, was it Coronation? Oh yeah, so that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was basically about this this pricing thing, and they found that a couple of popular brands in the FMCG space in in Nigeria they didn't do as well as you would expect them to because the assumption is that they're selling um, inelastic products. You know, you absolutely people have to eat and when the numbers their financials were released at the end of the year like they they didn't, they didn't do the make as much money as you would expect so the team in that um, bank the research team actually went out into the market and did research and they found out that people were buying all sorts of alternatives some with obviously less quality mm-hmm. but just because it was cheaper yeah price sensitivity so that price sensitivity you can't you cannot get away from yeah, and for me, I have a theory, Shad, which I'll expand on probably later on in this. But I feel like if you're a startup or you're a starting business, I'll free that market. They are the most populous and blah blah blah. They look good on your deck, but allow them. Like unless you're providing something that is absolutely like necessary have, and well priced, allow it. See, there's there's no technology there's no technology driven project that's absolutely necessary. There's, there is so like so for instance, what we are trying to do instead of creating a whole new bus route or whatever instead just enable them to pay for what they're already doing uh, but do you get what i mean people, people hop onto the back of pickup trucks and the money and that's their because the thing is that is that that i don't even know why we call them bottom segment they are the majority the majority is very price sensitive and they will substitute anything like any what you're competing you're competing with food 
whatever yeah. you're doing is you're competing with competing food, with for food them like in so their... in transportation you're competing with ride hailing because like in a balance day every day i literally just see people waiting and then even they like flag me down yeah they'll flag you down like in my mind i'm like are you not afraid of waking up that's what they do every day that's what they do every day so once once you enter that that segment and you want to compete in that segment you have to have a lot of money to lose to start to capture the market because you burn money like, so mm-hmm. long story short, if you don't have big backers, just back out. <laughs> it's, it's, ah, Screaming financial inclusion. Just, just free that don't one. scream financial and inclusion. Still on the the topic of OP, I'm excited for OP because I feel like I've had the worst experiences. With junior, right? I think I feel like Junior needed needs a competitor that has as much money as they do. Yeah. That's really junior food. I, like I can't even go into some of the experiences that I've had. Including a 24, 24 hour like huh? my app was still telling me that the guy is on the way. See, I had to call them to ask, like, like what is going on? Jumia <laughs> food is good now. Jumia food was terrible. So and relatively, relatively compared to where it was in the beginning, they were. Look, I'm, maybe at some point I'm going to buy Jumia food and open for money for for money as in. My, one of my other horses so that's why I can't read but Jumia food was terrible oh my god if you see the listings they had it was like yeah yeah Siku, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah but the options are the t- options were terrible they got like a new marketing manager like maybe like a year or two ago and she was the one that signed up most of like the restaurants you know on yeah. there but before then it was I'm Beyond the options, I feel like even the delivery was a bit wonky. Yeah. Like the structure, I don't know wonky. what the, the, the process flow is and yeah. how they, they manage that process flow. Because someone was telling me that he has seen on multiple times their delivery riders just chilling in the restaurant. Yes, chilling. yes. Meanwhile, somebody is in his house dying yes. of hunger pangs. Yeah. I've been to Global Court to get Sia and then you just see the guy just pull up and you place the other shot and just sit down and be chilling because last like, the things that last last they're dependent on the restaurants delivering on mm-hmm. time they've been i've had situations where so there's some i think they've had to have a chat with their drivers to be a bit more proactive because now i get calls like oh sorry ma i picked i'm, I'm waiting for your order yeah i'm waiting for your order i'll be on my way to you as soon as i have it so then you know that perhaps sometimes it's not all on saturday morning uh, saturday on. afternoon curry from Exactly. I mean, the, to be fair, the only food delivery thing that I think has worked is Ace and Chicken for me. Yo, that's a match made in heaven. I I think it's because both of them are just meant for each other. That's yeah. why it, it was built. Ace hasn't, it was built for. Ace hasn't scaled it to anybody else yeah. because it is. It's working. It's working. It works. It works. I can't like, like if anybody can, can replicate that. Yeah. Can replicate that with other restaurants. To be fair, that's so true. Yeah. It's like I've, I've like I've been the worst that has ever happened is maybe you get food in an hour. Yeah, like Chicken Republic is the only place I can reliably. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Okay, so moving on, um, because I I feel like we've talked about Ope and their ecosystem enough. Our friend Uzoma um, Doze. <laughs> popularly known for as the XMD of Diamond Bank is attempting to launch a new fintech. What, what is Sparkle? I don't think I can answer that question. When I read that thing and I still don't get it. I know it's for people selling things but I, I don't get 
I, 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 maybe I'm slow. I don't have sense. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> I, I said mm. it is big as hell. But I, I think it's with all things. You feel like you understand your product, and you feel like you've communicated what that is, or maybe they're still building Look, it, man, so they don't want to be clear. Yeah, I don't think there's a product there yet. So, but I, I think they're still trying to figure it out. Because I, I was, I was reading the description, and it was hinting at some sort of, um, like. I, I don't want to say lifestyle app, but it's hinted like, at plenty things in the description. Plenty yeah, things. Retailers enable them to make payments and, and make a bit of e commerce as well. I'm, I'm not sure what is going there, but it's the, only thing I, the only thing I know and I'm sure of is that they have a microfinance bank license. <laughs> That's the only thing I can tell you concretely. So I know it's going to be some sort of banking. But you don't know what but kind I don't of banking. What type of banking? I mean, I, I, I would say let's give them the benefit of the doubt and see how it unfolds. Because right now, I really can't tell you what they're doing. Like, I went on the website and I read and I was like, okay. I saw some articles and I read and I was like, still not. Have you, seen their inst- have you seen their Instagram? No, I haven't. Like, it's like popping. It's like so colorful popping. and bright and doesn't tell but you anything. What? It, it it's like they I'm have stressed. like people visiting. Like, Zena was on there. Oh my God, Sparkler, Zena called. I was like, where what's going on like, what are you doing i this? want to be there like young guys tell us what's going on like <laughs> it's it's almost like we work describing themselves as a tech company it's just a, a collection of vague statements no, that don't really no, mean anything. a side note do you guys know phenomize oh my god they are like this newsletter where they do financial education for millennials Oh. Finimize has finessed themselves into being the called a fintech, huh? and I think that is the most amazing scam that nobody has caught. <laughs> I don't understand how a newsletter is a fintech, based on the fact that they break down financial news into simple how to understand terms. But we can go back. We can we can go back to <laughs> to where we were. But as soon as you mentioned we work, I was like, that came to mind. I was like, nobody has caught these guys yet. People have caught me work. Like, I'll check them out. Finimize. Yeah. Like it's not, I'm not saying like it's a very good product. Like it's really it's a good newsletter to like know what's going on in the market. But the fact that they're raising money as a fintech, I was like, what is technology? Yeah, you're just emailing me at eight a.m. in the it's morning. Like how rent rent money to their uh, what's it called? Is it their CEO that would? Speaking of that, yeah, that former madam has left. Hmm. But which, which one? <laughs> the one that see at rent money now. But oh yeah. So, yeah. Ren money is not a fintech. Moving on. Yes. Everybody is, 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 I mean, whatever makes Ren money a fintech makes all the other Nigerian banks and microfinance banks fintechs, as far as I'm concerned. We're not here to talk about Ren money. If Ren money wants to be a fintech, then if they say they're a fintech, they're a fintech. You can be what you want to be. Oh my god. If you say it, you can be it, Sammy. If you say you <laughs> can be it. Whatever you say, you are what you are. Inspirational chats. Nah. <laughs> Talking about fintechs. Yes. Yeah, digital banks are the, they're the new rave within the Nigerian um, yep. technology yep. ecosystem. The moment um, Paylater did that um, pivot into Carbon, carbon i knew that the, like the game is on and then you have Kuda, Kuda bank as well and then a bunch of others just emerging and popping up rubies yes rubies streets butter to some degree mm, butter Anyways, i don't want to go well, into butter but my question here is on for digital banks today like what what is 
their roadmap or what should their, their uh, roadmap be in terms of growth? Because doesn't it get to a point where you become so large and then you, you have essentially to. become a, a traditional bank? Or do you keep your... No, I, I, think, I think they all want to be traditional banks. The reason why they are doing digital bank is because they, they don't, don't have, have the capital traditional yeah. bank. <laughs> look anybody that's a disruptor wanted to be the main guy in the business it's just that you are starting from outside but then look you, you you get to the stage where one of if one of the open branches they open at least one branch and to be like we have arrived as a signal of validation seriously because yeah. that's what you want to be no, no matter how much is even providers like did you not make digital bank noise and suddenly i started seeing branch <laughs> I was like, hello. It was like a branch is, it was in Nigeria. A branch, it was far yeah. outside Nigeria. But no matter what anybody tells you, a physical office, a physical building is like a statement that yes, you have arrived, you are here. My own concern here is that if you be, if you become a traditional bank, you you then become subject to all the things that make a traditional bank a traditional bank and for all the wrong reasons i think so the thing is i don't know if i might be wrong but i don't think most of them understand why understand why traditional banks are the way they are like they don't understand the regulators they don't understand regulators they don't understand cost of funds because you become a traditional bank and then you are concerned about funds transfer pricing Mm -hmm. you're concerned about you need to have a chief risk officer you must have a chief compliance officer who must not be anything less than a dgm 15 years yeah. experience and all of those other regulations that the cbn has in place to to regulate the operations of traditional banks so what that's what i'm saying like most most people and it's not just even digital banks a fintech thing most people don't understand why things are the way they are if something if there's a, if a solution looks obvious it is there for a particular reason like you yeah. have to understand like the systems thinking around why it is this way like tradi- traditional banks it's the same FMCG problem because cost of funds mm-hmm. it's expensive yeah. mm-hmm. so like they've, or they've understood what how Nigeria is as an economy and they've tried to be profitable within the context of Nigeria yeah. so that's why you can see them they lend more to bigger businesses because bigger businesses have more money more identifiable they, more ident- they are identifiable if they I feel like pe- I think traditional banks get a lot of negative. They get a lot of feedback. Energy. I mean, there are terrible things they do. They yeah. are greedy, <laughs> definitely greedy. But I mean, but what like, private business is not greedy? Because again, that's another thing. You have to pay salaries. You have to pay salaries exactly. Plenty. I think people don't realize that these banks they are not government entities. These are private businesses, like a bunch of private citizens like you and I came together, put a load of money together and then built a bank. So like, it's, I, I understand why traditional banks are structured the way they are. And I, no, it's, I don't it's particularly not hate, yeah, them, it's not to exonerate right? them, but yeah. it is the way Nigeria has left. We are largely poor people and somebody is yeah. trying to make money. Of you have to serve people. the guys that are making money off first yeah. before, before other people. Look, yeah. the guy who, that he has one thousand naira his account, you probably spend more on him than the guy that has a million naira. Yeah, and you, can, you probably spend the same. So you, you spend yeah, the, the amount of you're not getting same anything out of yeah. You're not getting manage. anything out of the guy, and the guy is the one that is insulting you on social media, oh, telling you that you did do before, that you did card, yeah, you did card maintenance fee. The social medias are a mess. Like if you just read 
like any post and then you just go through excuse me sir you no. have not done my you refund you are here talk, posting about blah maintenance fee do you know what it is to become a primary like issue of a visa card or a mastercard it's it expensive as hell yeah. to enroll in the program yeah it's not a cheap thing you can't just be issuing card if not what's it called wallet promised us card one year ago it starts in from they're starting to see but they're starting to see they're starting to see that it's not so easy because to be you a find out like it's not so easy it is expensive yeah, yeah. in fact if you go for visa if because I, I was at the meeting for visa and wanted to get cards and Guy told us, look, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. If you come on as yourself, you don't have enough money to do it. It's better to come on under a bank, when the bank will be the one issuing it. And it was very, it was a very honest discussion because most people don't understand how these things work. You just think, oh, these guys are doing it. It's so obvious. I mean, Visa isn't a multi-million, if not multi-billion-dollar company by dashing by dashing people money. Yeah. Like, it is, a, it's expensive to get in this business, and so to, to make money, you can't tell your investors that. Oh, we're a startup who won't make profits for this thing. Who wants to hear that? Nobody's hearing that in the real life, in the who real wants world. To hear that? This is it's only a silicon valley people chop those lights. <laughs> in Nigeria. You have to, you have to like pay a, dividend. I think like, like a bunch of startups in Nigeria are even starting to feel the heat where investors are coming back. To yeah. How far? Yeah, how far? What's where's, going on? Where's the money? You've been making loss now. Because the thing is that if you're loss making business, they can say, okay, you're growing. So they push growth. They tell you must grow, you must grow, you must expand, you must do this. Because at least when you raise again, your valuation is higher and they can take their money and they can go. So it's either you're making money and giving them something or you are growing you are growing your valuation to the point where they can get either way they want something out of you. And you and most people don't understand like when things are obvious, uh, that's one thing I keep saying. When something is very, very obvious. There's a reason it's that way. Yeah. And you have to understand why it's that way before you say I'm building a solution. Yeah. Or oh, banks charge you 15 naira per transfer. Why is it so? I'm building a solution, it should be free. Then yeah. you find out how many people are sharing that 15 naira. Are you clear? From a political identity point of view, we also seem to have this problem with fake socialism in Nigeria where we yeah. sort of love when Businesses but it's because the free, but like because there's so many poor people in Nigeria. Like it's it's the same thing with all this stuff going on, and then people are attacking people like, oh, you can't come and talk about xenophobia. Your daddy rich instead give to the poor, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Can we focus on the issue at hand? <laughs> like, so that's another thing that that drives the perception. Like somebody saying that a bank is is making so much money, and and in my head, I'm like, Nigeria is Africa's largest economy. But none of our banks feature among the top ten our largest biggest, banks. In our Africa biggest by, bank by assets. Yeah. Our biggest bank is, or most probably one that made most profits, probably GTP. Mm. I think GTP didn't make as much profit as there's this bank, Bancorp, a regional bank in America. GTP didn't make as much profit as a regional bank in America. Bancorp doesn't have as many branches as GTP does. That's an that's and Bancorp is for American consumers. Um, by American standards, a tiny bank. In fact, they, they do they power a lot of American fintechs because that's the way that's they can do it. But look at GTB is big, it's everywhere. So when you put all those things in perspective, that we are largely poor people. Yeah. So you, you have remember to, that. You need to remember that and all that. So like, if you're a business like GTB in a country where they are largely poor, what would you do to make money? It's why banks carry all their money and put it. 
government. Yep. Ex- exactly like, why, that. Why, yep. why, do I, why should I lend that money when there's something I can make money? And the government is giving me 14% on treasury bills or 13%. And it's guaranteed. And like people talk about loans like have, have you heard story about debt recovery look there's a guy that we, when i worked in bank there was a guy that did we got a car loan and he lost his job and he just ran like he moved house <laughs> we couldn't find him and mostly when they finally caught him one was like hey i lost my job now i was trying to tell you people but you're not answering your phone i mean and that attitude is but now someone in the name of fighting xenophobia borrowed credit from mtn about 3k worth of credit and then said she's never going to use it <sighs> things like that for me are very telling of the mentality of the majority <laughs> the, see, yeah, there's no there's no credit scoring model that takes in nigerian factor as well <laughs> that we are terrible people into the, into context like there's nothing there's because no you see like a lot of big businesses they will oh and then you come and you're like i want to collect or can we arrange and it's like it's not just small i'm just only you small money why are you disturbing me what kind of conversation is that i'm speaking about like the the lower class you have a theory about how startups so, yeah so for me what i see it is if if startups you say you're going to do the digital banking thing forget mass market there's this there's a small middle class that's there Small middle class is what is they largely determine pop culture everything. So if you have if you serve that small middle class very well, and be like you are serving just this the Zenith Bank teller or this the Zenith Bank marketing base that's buying new new shoe new iPhone. If you say you are just going to serve her to the best of your ability, that same valuation that's coming from popularity and from growth. You can get that without having to waste your time going to. I mean, it's just it's just a theory, but think think about it. If every, yeah, any it any internet business now that you that you was for that you use now, say you wanted to shop on Supermart. If Supermart bought bought my, some of my groceries from Delis or Rennies, I could buy I could buy specific things rather than going and you, you didn't take me to some random city there that I didn't like. I'll use Supermart more often. But I have to, I tend to have to find myself going out to actually buy some things because I know it's not a supermarket. Supermarket is, was a business built for someone like me mm-hmm. and it's not serving me the way I wanted to serve. It's trying to get everything. If supermarket said I can get you, I can go to the market and I can get you fresh tomatoes at this like just build something that works for this middle class, this middle class person. You might not make money. You probably, if I'm not lie, you probably won't make money. I'll tell me about two, three million of us. <laughs> we're not that many. We're not a majority. But you, what's your user base right now? It's probably like 50k, 60k tops. Yeah. If you say, might as well just nobody. Yeah, nobody has topped out. And hope to God that the the government gets their fiscal and monetary policy right, and yeah. and that middle class has, has money starts to grow. Because if you say there are two, three, four, five million middle class Nigerians say earning between 100 and less than a million nobody there's no internet business that says they serve all of them they have all of them no, as customers they're fragmented. They are, you have not maximized no. and that and, the market that, the market that can, that can actually, actually do because that's the thing with digital banks is 
this middle class is very underbanked. So you know the thing is that for investors and all of that, it sounds better it's, than screaming financially. Inclusion. I like. No, I like I, that. At some I, point, yeah, you there has to be some sort of honesty in your your approach to this thing because it sounds good to tell your investor that you oh you are aiming for. Banking, the, banking the unbanked, banking, banking the unbanked is stress. expensive and stressful stress. and is not worth the wahala. Banks have thrown but money at it and it didn't seem to work, which is why the, the CBN is trying this PSB thing again. And then agency banking, and the agency, push, agency banking push. Because it is, do you know what it takes to, to bank one person? There are costs involved in with all these things now, your core application, your business. <sighs> God, staff that are going to go out mm. to go and manage all these people. Mm. And if you say you're doing a, a fintech and you are cutting out all these overheads, diesel generator, or rent, and all of that, and, and human beings, the question now becomes if you onboard all these guys, how much are you going to, to make, make from them? each one? Because it, ultimately, with them, there's still a large cash, like cash in terms of their transactions. They are mostly, they mostly, uh, they mostly, they mostly their cash base, and that's because transacting any other way is too expensive. Yeah, they're not gonna transfer and they charge. They're gonna transfer, transfer fifteen naira. How much am I transferring? So ultimately, how much are you going to make? So what, what will now happen is, which is why I'm saying that I agree with you, because then you diluted your focus in the middle class that will actually use cards and EFTs, electronic fund transfers. You diluted the market because you've not focused on them. Yeah. You are trying to market. Everybody's to trying to take the financial. See, yeah, like if you if you if you start a digital bank, then I say you're only banking Lagos people. You're okay. You're okay. Yeah. I'm only banking the Lagos middle class. I'll deliver your card for free. I'll do this for free. In fact, I'm only banking VI. <laughs> <laughs> workers in VI. Is it workers fair? It's easy. Like it's easy to get that quality of service. You can serve them excellently well yeah. without wasting it. Because they are stretched. They are stretched trying yeah. to serve everybody. You can't serve everybody. But, then, I, but there's, I think there's a lot of pressure to have high numbers. So then people are trying to target mass markets. Do you get what I mean? Because they want to achieve those numbers. But I think. And, from, and for years, me, yeah, for me, that's thing. My, yeah, my thing that that's the wrong approach is yeah. that you shouldn't target. Numbers. mass market for yeah. numbers yeah. because you have not exhausted the, the middle, middle class, class numbers lo- and like, those are the guys that will gladly yeah. do it for you imagine yeah. a bank that comes in and like does deposits loans everything like investment simple clean easy to use for the middle class that would like you know i mean i mean and ultimately in all of this so i feel like the, your the driver of your business should be you delivering value. Yeah. So it, it has to be a value game. And if your if what you're offering doesn't deliver as much value to these guys in a particular segment, you might as well just focus on the segment that has the most to gain from what you're from yeah. what you're offering. But it's always I but I think I think competition. Look, see, yeah, we we used to well. drive we used to transfer money for hundred naira. Yeah, fair. And it's I don't th- and we didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then I, th- we, I mm, we didn't die, but I think we, we just saw it as a necessary evil. It was just a thing that, I mean, it's how you adjust to the rising cost of stuff in the market. Exactly. But then you see the people that didn't die, those are the people that should make your customers because they can take anything. 
the people that will complain, people that complain about thirty nine card maintenance fees, those are not even the people you should worry about. It's people that pay that card maintenance fee and they forget that they paid it, or they get text and text mess SMS alert fee for three hundred naira. Like, ah. Imagine if you see um for traditional banks now, you seize that their middle class market and you deepen and and that and that and that is where and that's where you can hit the traditional banks in the sense that. They are not serving those people well, yeah. and they should serve those people well mm-hmm. because those people bring most of the funds. Yeah. Well, not most of the funds, but those people bring most of the cheap, the cheaper funds. The cheap funds, yeah, the ones the funds. The idle funds that just sit. They have, they are the ones that have the salary accounts with you. Exactly. Salary is coming every month, and you are not doing anything for them particularly. Your your product offering to that market, you give them loans, you give them. And exactly, I'm I'm happy that you're saying that. So it's not just to come up with snazzy names for it's products not, yeah, that not, mean nothing not, to the customers. No, it's not giving them it's value. Giving them value. That help their lives. Yeah. So, so recently, my my own employer has has a, a lending product of sorts, and because of the algorithm that we're using to to qualify people for the loans, it's a bit more inclusive than the traditional lending products that we have. And some of the testimonies that we've heard. From that product, they've been actually very because humbling. Because they guys, guys want actually, money. Yes, people need money, and it's not because they are poor. It's just that sometimes their expenses don't line up with their cash flow, so they are getting paid at the end of the month on the thirtieth. But then there's a big pressing need on the fifteenth or the sixteenth. So and then there's that gap, and for the longest time, nobody was meeting that gap, and then people would have to run about and all of that speaking of that i just remembered we met with a startup i can't remember the name of the startup now that wants to sort of help you manage your salaries so so you basically as a company you pay salaries to this startup and then staff can access any amount they want when they want essentially yeah that's a good example of, of them targeting the middle class because yeah. their 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 I can't target market the is now. literally middle class people like yeah. workers yeah and what they do is that they lend to you from your, your salary, payroll yeah. so so they they integrate to like the payroll um application. application for for companies and then they don't just lend to you basically they they lend to you based on the hours that you've worked so they take your salary and then they break it down into like hours or days and then if you've done like say five days in a month that would then be your limit you can so take you that. can literally access your salary in advance yeah and yeah there i think they're about to they're they're piloting with a couple of um, organizations but in not, in Africa, but not, yeah. in, not in nigeria not in yeah. nigeria and to me that makes a lot of sense yeah because yeah, the reason why like or piggy bank and carry wise have been successful more by and large is they they focus on on the internet user, like they focused on yeah. people that they're have not pretending to see financial inclusion. It's not pretending to be more than they are. Yeah, and those are the people that have been underserved by traditional wealth managers. Yes. So like, Stambik isn't coming to me to explain what a mutual fund is. Mm-hmm. ARM is not doing that. I mm-hmm. mean, they might be trying to be funky and give me a marathon here and there, but I'm not explaining to you what the difference focus, is. Focus, guys, focus, please. But like, <laughs> piggy bank is just gonna say, oh. Um, Carrywise sells is selling a United Capital mutual fund. I yeah. send my email explaining, oh, this is how it works. This is what the mutual fund. Yeah, is. even when you log in on the app, it like breaks it down to you, it shows you the yield, like average yield. It's well, everything is transparent. Record, I really, transparency. I really love PDFs. 
and it's ironic because I don't actually use their product, but I think it's it's brilliant. This democratization of sorts, investment instruments, and just putting it right there for people to be able to take a decision. Like, if I was a fintech, that is actually what I'll try to disrupt. Mm. Like that, um, that wealth management. Mm-hmm. Because this this that is a business that that is the segment that literally do not care. Like I can say banks they can pretend to say they care about middle class. Big, big wealth managers just have like two, three, four, five guys that they manage their money yeah. and the rest of you is just for show. <laughs> the money they are collecting just in fees from the guy that I mean, I mean recently wealth managers had very high entry. Yes, no. Yeah. Somebody gives you yes, twenty because yeah. somebody gives you twenty billion to hold for them one year. You're okay. You're okay. You are very okay. I mean, there's a oh my god, there's this company. Uh, I told it's on Awolo Road. There is it not Codros Coronation? It's one of those companies. Yeah. In the beginning, they ran for like three years on one guy's money <laughs> that he used to give them twenty billion to hold every year. Year after year, we'll say, Hold this one, I'm not doing anything with it. Then they'll go to banks and say, I'll give you 10 billion, fix it. How many rates will you? How much will you give me? I'll give you 10 billion. How much will you give me? And they'll split it like that. And that's how they'll pay salary. Everybody will chop for that guy's money. Wealth managers haven't really, haven't really. They've been quite lazy. They've been very lazy. God. Lazy. Well, I think. I think we've come to the yeah. end of yes. today's episode. If not, we're just going to go on and on and on and oh on. Oh god, because there's so many things I'm complaining about. <laughs> and I guess in the, in the following episode, we'll be talking about all of those things. Yeah. And we promise to talk more about Africa, not just Nigeria. I mean, our bias is Nigeria. I mean, do they have lights? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at Open Africa Pod. We're looking forward to your follows and. Yeah, we'll podcast will be available back. on pretty much all Every channels. Day. Yeah, I'm sure you're listening to it on all channels now. Yeah, check it. Yeah, out here. Popping. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for popping in today, and we will popping, popping. Talk right. to you in a bit.